This show contains mature and sexual content matter, which may be inappropriate for some younger listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Get ready for Daywire on CJSR, queer radio that recruits. Oh, hey. Hello. We're Gaywire. Hey. I'm Alexa. I'm JD. And Anna's back. I'm Anna, and I'm back. It's so good to have you. <laughs> it's good to be here. Yeah. Have you been in your... You oh, were, you were on so the show things. five years ago? I Is think, that what we thought? I think five years ago. Before I my time. Mm-hmm. We've, yeah. n- we've never met. This is our first meeting, and this so far is, it's been a pleasure. Honestly, this is really uncomfortable, having <laughs> having the previous person come back on. But you've already, like, ganged up against me, so it seems <laughs> yeah. like a good... We have formed an alliance. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, so things have happened in uh, the Edmonton queer and trans community. We've been yeah. off for two this weeks is, for different we reasons. We were off for two weeks, and yeah. look what happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we thought we needed a break because <laughs> there's not enough happening, and yeah. then, and then all of this. Mm-hmm. So you want to? So I'll give we're a quick, launch right into it. No, I'll give a quick rundown of what we're going to do, and then we'll talk about your story, and then do all those things. Nope. That is the official plan today. Well, let's just go. Let's start with the big news. Your big news. The big news okay. that everyone should care about. <laughs> Two yeah. weeks ago, mm-hmm. on Star Trek, they said "gay" for the first time ever. <laughs> What? This is important news. <laughs> What's Star Trek? The Star Trek is still on. Star Trek Discovery. Okay. Is it? Okay, it's fine. I so don't know either, so you should explain this it. This is a yeah. new Wait, Star so Trek. Star Trek, you know, has been going for 50 years off and on, 50 mm-hmm. years of canon, and it takes place in this future, which is super liberal, right? Because, I mean, that's this, the Star Trek vision, is that in the future everyone's interchangeable and doesn't have you know, personal identities. Right. Because everybody's different was blind. Right. There was black people and Asian people and everybody got along and nobody identified as different. Okay. And so there was never any gay people on Star Trek. Oh, okay. So we talked about this last year they introduced the first ever gay character, but he never identified as gay. But then last week, or two weeks ago, he said, I'm gay. That's huge. Okay, this is, I'm not but, selling this crowd, but, but if you <laughs> consider that in Star Trek, it wasn't until Deep Space Nine that somebody even made a reference to skin color when one character mentioned that they were different. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's took until now for a character to actually say, I'm gay. So we didn't know, for those of us who watch Star Trek and believe that it's the future don't know whether gays even existed or even if they identified as gay, but apparently they do. In the 24th century. Mm-hmm. No, 23rd. Because this is a prequel. Okay. But one could argue that it was, you know, a post-gay society. I think so. I, it's, it, Star Trek is supposed to be a post-everything society. Yeah. Post-racial, post-gay. But now we know that there are gays. Well, there's at least two. <laughs> In the entire universe. Well, there's two. Did they yeah. find each other? Or maybe yes. everyone okay. is gay. <laughs> well, and everyone and is also not gay. Well, yes. you know, maybe we should watch this episode because this <laughs> we came have up. We should a viewing party on air. Yeah. One, okay, uh, no spoilers, but one character identified as pansexual. So there you go. Two sexual orientations identified mm-hmm. uh, in that episode, but said uh, in another universe, everybody identifies as pansexual, uh, to which one person said, uh, uh, but I'm gay. 
So, mm. yeah, interesting. Yeah, okay. That you should bring that up. Yeah. I want to go to that pansexual universe. Yeah, me too. Um, we have to wait till 20... To what year? The 24th Every, century? Well, everybody who's watching, who has seen Star Trek and knows the, about that universe you're talking about mm. is shaking their heads. You don't... <laughs> You don't want to go to that universe. <laughs> Wait, why? <laughs> we can't get into Star Trek okay. anymore. Oh, no, you're, yeah, right. you're, you're right. right. You're right. We have We've got a much more to talk about. I, I, I'm just shocked now. <laughs> well, one other thing I'll bring up. Yes. Last week, a uh, female character said that she was married to a woman. So there, there you go. go. That's more. Ticking boxes like crazy Star Trek. Yes. <laughs> about time. They are finally well, in the 50 years. third century. <laughs> the okay. other thing I was going to bring up. Yes. Uh, two weeks ago, Grinder celebrated its 10th anniversary. Wow. Can you believe it's been 10 years? Honestly, I can't. It, w- it just flew by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, yeah. I mean, it does. Like, 2009 also doesn't feel like 10 years ago. No. So, so yeah. But I think I also didn't even learn about Grinder until after 2009. So, maybe yeah. that's yeah, why. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I didn't. Use it either, uh, but maybe it didn't catch on here till later. I think I'm assuming. Yeah, it's that's quite possible. I'm going to assume a it started in New York. Yeah, of, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to assume that. Yeah, yeah. And it caught on in Edmonton much later. Yeah, yeah. Oh, ten years. Happy, yeah, happy birthday, Grinder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder From how they all friend. celebrated. <laughs> I can, I can uh, hazard a few guesses. Yes, there's a lot of meetups. Right, it's very nice in that. Yeah. Okay, so are we ready to get into our two the, big the other issues? stories? Yeah, I guess mm. the other besides those two. Thank you for bringing those. Oh no, my phone. Is <laughs> you just turned on. your phone on. Okay, so the two things we were we're talking about today are the election, and then the cancellation of the 2019 Pride Parade. So I don't know which one we decided to go on first. I guess the election. That's, sure. Okay. So well, we'll start by I mean. For people who didn't aren't aware, there's a provincial election going on right now. <laughs> Some people might not know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, Gay Wire made the news mm-hmm. last week. Yeah, last Tuesday. Last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean that was mostly your doing. Yeah, I can. T- what, I'll take responsibility. You, what? Yeah, what happened? Because <laughs> walk walk us through that. Uh, for people who missed it. Mm-hmm. Um, we tweeted something. Right. So we are a news show. And so as yes. a news show, we were sent uh, some information by a listener. Uh, they had found a link of uh, Mark Smith, who's a UCP candidate, um, uh, of a sermon that he gave in 2013, uh, in which uh, the, ser- the, the sermon is quite long, and it was available on the website of... Um, the congregation that he was a part of. It's since been taken down. Um, another listener contacted us to say, like, they f- they tried to find it and they couldn't, so the, the full sermon has been taken off the website. Um, he talked about a whole bunch of things, including um, being uh, against abortion, uh, but also... Uh, which is really important to bring up too because I think like our coverage of it focused on the homophobic parts but there was a lot of anti-abortion parts in that sermon as well Um, but in the clip uh, that was provided to us was when he was talking about and equated um, homosexual love with pedophilia Um, and so classic yeah 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 Mm -hmm. get that a lot 
Yeah, and it's like there's a there's a long and really troubling and dangerous history of equating mm-hmm. those two things, right? That's done a lot of damage to our communities. Yes, yeah. uh, we've talked about that mm-hmm. a number of times. It's yeah, it uh, persistent myth that uh, is used to uh, discredit LGBT people mm-hmm. and to cause a lot of discrimination and violence. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, but also, I mean, I remember listening to the audio clip. Mm-hmm. Uh, did it also say something like uh, homosexual love isn't real love or something? Mm-hmm. Was what I don't know, can't remember the exact wording. Yeah, it was sort of saying like you know uh, I mean it was making like it, the sermon was making the case of like heterosexual love is God like God like real love according to God, and that these other forms of love aren't uh, okay. real love in the eyes of God or the church or whatever, um, and so there was an equation of those two things. So uh, we decided to post it because uh, he's running for elected office. It should also be noted that he is the education critic um, or was the education critic in the opposition. And there's a lot Mm of um, discussion that he was and maybe still will be the pick for education minister should the UCP form government. Um, and when asked directly about this, Jason Kenney didn't deny or didn't say explicitly that he would not be education minister. Right. Yes. So what happened after that got put online? Right. Because you, I'm assuming you got, well, I know that you were, you had media requests. Yeah. No, so we, like, and I mean, we just sort of saw it as like we're a news source. We were given this information and we were making it public. Um so I posted it on Twitter, and within two hours, it was taken up, and it was being retweeted quite a lot. Um, there's a bunch of different, yeah, media outlets that sort of contacted me about where I got the source, and I, as I said, I got it from a listener, and um, questioning why we decided to post it, which are the reasons that you know we've mm-hmm. discussed, and um, yeah, and then it sort of turned out that Gaywire was like cited as like the origin source of of this, which we were. So yeah, that's yeah. what happened. So did you have a fun week? Yeah, I mean, it was, I think, like, it's really, uh, it was really interesting to be part of the story in that way. And, like, just, like, all we did was serve as a launching pad for this information. So didn't really get into, like, um, debating things one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of, like, the role that we decided to take was just to put that information out there. And then other people picked it up and did what they want with it. And it was discussed, you know in media by the leaders in the debate it was brought up all of those sorts of things yeah. so yeah in your time on gay wire is that the first time <laughs> you've you've been a breaking news well, I, I thought I've brought a br- a broken uh, my own but no uh, that would be the first that had like a, an, a, a that we an would obvious have, effect this show was the first mm-hmm. s- source of something mm-hmm. yeah mm. I would just like to say um it's interesting that he would say that heterosexual love is the only kind of love because it actually discredits all other kinds of love as well, like the love between a parent and a child and like the love we have for our friends and mm-hmm. like those are all real love as well. And so it's it's really it's ah, I hate that. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> No, I mean, you don't. You don't love it. I, yeah, I'm not all about what he said. Yeah. obviously, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and I think, yeah, I mean, that was like a major, I think uh, we've seen like they've been, and I, I think that's a part too that'd be interesting to think about. Like there's a, they've been calling it like bozo interruptions or bozo eruptions, sorry, not interruptions, mm. um, in which there's a bunch of candidates that have been called out for being racist, homophobic, transphobic, anti-refugee, anti-immigrant. Um, against climate change um, but they the, the using the term bozo also doesn't like you have to question it as media I think like calling these things because it, if it's a bozo um, eruption it makes it seem like it's just a one-off thing mm-hmm. that's happening and, and sort of like calling the media on are these just random things that are happening and they shouldn't or is this like part of a bigger um, sort of like culture of what's acceptable to say and do as elected people right so I think that's part of it too that like um, yeah his sermon was like troubling for all of those reasons and it seemed like it spoke to his sort of deeper uh, convictions um, which needed to be like shown to to the voters to see what they sort of how they would react to it and mm-hmm. if that would inform their decisions right so yeah but that was that was last week. Been, uh, yeah, only a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Time has flown. Yeah, and uh, no, I mean everything is is moving so quickly, and we I think it's interesting too. So we took two weeks off for for reasons of like being out of town and couldn't do the show, um, but when we were like gearing up and in the past, you know. Four years since we've, it seems like since the NDP were elected, we've been talking about this election coming up, right? Um, We've been talking about the different ways in which the parties have um, approached and dealt with different queer issues because that's the, and trans issues because that's like our show's focus. Sure. But was it surprising to either of you that LGBTQ issues were such a huge focus of this election? Like, they dominated the news cycle for the first two weeks of the four of the election, arguably the first three weeks. Mm. Yeah. No. Well, no, I mean, GSAs have become a wedge issue. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, LGBT people have become a wedge issue. Like, it's it's exhausting, I find, listening to the news, not us, <laughs> <laughs> listening to the non-CGSR news, and, no, uh, really all the news, and just hearing that, you know, my identity is, is, a, is a wedge issue. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I did find it surprising. I have been surprised by it. Mm. I, I really did think we were a little bit past this culturally and so I mean I guess it just speaks to the kind of people that I spend the majority of my time with but um, I I just thought that like pe- even people that like aren't part of the community or, or don't even consider themselves to be allies of the community I, th- I thought that people were more kind of like you know l- like libertarian or like mm. in that like you know what that person chooses to do with their body or what that person that who that person chooses to love is actually none of my business and like although I you know even even if religiously even if my religious beliefs tell me that that's not what we're supposed to be doing it's like I thought we were more leaning towards like to each their own like Mm -hmm. none of my none of my beeswax kind of thing but so it surprises me that we aren't still not there I found, I found it surprising. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, 
yeah, because you see different, so, like, there's a lot of interesting articles that have been put out there, like, trying to assess, is Alberta more socially conservative than other places? Mm. And you, like, now you look to, like, Ontario that elected Doug Ford and Quebec, who elected a, a right-wing government. Um, Manitoba has a conservative government, Saskatchewan, and so on, right? Um that yet, yeah, like it's it's an it's an interesting thing that like I agree. I sort of thought, and I think a lot of people in the community like breathed a bit of a like could breathe for a little bit, thinking like, okay, like we're no longer the punching bag. We had four years of of not necessarily being the target of a government. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're like you're you're right that it's like I think uh, I think a lot of people in different communities that everyone I'm talking to is like talking about this sort of tension they're feeling. And I think it's important to acknowledge that it is real people we're talking about. And Mm -hmm. when, like, your gender identity or your sexuality is constantly being discussed in media and in different circles, that it can can be exhausting. And we're just perpetuating it right now. But that's our M.O. We get to do that. That's our, yeah. Yeah. That's why we're here. Yeah. I thought that, I thought that because like people are getting laid off like you know the economy isn't doing so well people are losing their jobs we're having trouble like taking care of our families in the ways that we used to be able to I thought that was going to be more Mm -hmm. of the focus of this election and so I'm really surprised that like we've kind of been scapegoated again Mm -hmm. yeah I know and there is like a and that's like the interesting thing too is we had 44 years of pretty much the same government they called themselves different things but it was like the same groups of people that were leading the government and the only time they ever talked about LGBT issues was to scapegoat us and like throw Mm -hmm. us under the bus especially during election time they would bring us up right in that sort of way and that was the pattern in which it existed and so I agree it sort of it was unclear whether that pattern would happen again uh, because you know in 2012 you had like the lake of fire right and that was a huge moment in the election in which one of the candidates for the wild rose party said that gay people were going to die in a lake of fire yeah or something like like we don't know <laughs> that's why we do like, it that's news to us <laughs> yeah. Um, I yeah I I just had a thought while you were um, while you're speaking, and I need to dig it up. Oh, I think that I mean it, I think that partially it's surprising because we are so disconnected from each other, right? Like mm. we do, we have sort of broken off into these smaller communities and smaller like tribes, if I if I may, mm-hmm. and and also we you know choose the media we watch now. Like I don't watch CTV news or I don't have cable television. I only watch you know like Netflix and Prime mm-hmm. and. And and those those like those outlets of uh, for content are really inclusive, and so you imagine a world that is mm. different than the one that you're living in, and mm. then you an election happens again, and you're like, oh yeah, freak, I forgot, yeah, I forgot that this is actually the province that we live in, and these are people that it's still okay to say that stuff in yeah. a lot of ways. Like I thought we were in a place where. We're moving past that, mm-hmm. but yeah. <laughs> some of us are. No, I know. It's like that we're all like <laughs> have this collective like sigh that I can like feel it in my shoulders that we're just sort of. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been three long weeks of our community um, being debated mm-hmm. by all sides. And I think know? it goes back further than that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, we've known this is coming for a while. Um, it, it didn't take the election election to make it an issue. It just took the election to make it nonstop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
But it was always it was always there in the background. I mean, we've talked about GSAs for the past yeah for the eight past eight years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it started with what Laurie Blakeman's bill years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just it hasn't ended, and now it's on everything. Mm-hmm. And it should be said the reason that it's being brought up again is because, um, uh, and I know it sounds like we're talking about old news that happened two weeks ago, um, but that when the UCP put out their platform, uh, they said in it um, that one of the things that they would change is uh, the confidentiality that students have if they enter a GSA. So as it currently exists, if a student enters a, becomes part of a GSA, keeping in mind that GSAs are gay-straight alliances, so the student could be straight. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they enter, that uh, as it stands now, uh, the parents would not be informed. Um, but uh, the UCP is proposing to change it so that under what they're calling specific circumstances, uh, a parent might be informed uh, if their child joins a GSA or a queer straight alliance. And so that was one of the f- things in the first week of, or first two weeks of this four week election that really kicked off these debates about. Mm-hmm. what's happening um yeah can we um like just give like a i didn't have gsas at my high school so i and i've spoken to a few people who are you know part of their gsa at their high school or know about them or are involved in it but mm-hmm. um is it so the, uh correct me if i'm wrong but sort of the goal is that it's sort of anonymous it's um queer students and straight students join this it's just the school group mm-hmm. and the goal is that they can hang out and be pals and no one is outed is that the is that kind yeah, of the idea I think that's pretty much full stop okay. what it is it can and it can be obviously extend into other things mm-hmm. but the the sort of bare bones that's what it's supposed to be it provides a safe space yeah. for students to say you know what I need to talk to someone yeah or just be around people that won't yeah. bully them for it like they don't even yeah. not even talking about it sometimes yeah, yeah. or or bully them for any, anything <laughs> to do with their gender expression or anything yeah okay mm-hmm. so I guess we can see that how like telling someone's parents that they're part of a GSA may be like a very harmful thing to do to a child whether they're gay or straight mm-hmm. yeah wow and the thing with it too and I think like um like the debates that have been happening uh, between different like party, everyone involved, is that um, the point like a GSA gets its like strength and power from that anonymity, right? Um, so you have a lot of kids who maybe they they go and they they're like it's not for me. Oh, this is not whatever, um, and they leave. But it's that it needs that anonymity so that students can feel comfortable going into that space mm-hmm. and ac- and ac- accessing it. Um, and so the argument is, is if you re- if you remove that and you say that um, parents might be informed, then you're removing all of the power of the GSA and the QSA to protect and the safety the children. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and what yeah. have they? Has there been any like have they outlined what um, those circumstances might be that someone's parents may be informed, or is it just in some cases? Mm. Did you want to answer this? Or? I don't know. If, is it in writing? It's no. They've said, and it's uh, to the discretion of the teacher, and it would be. And and uh, Kenny publicly has given examples like um, the mental health of the child, if that's at if or if the child's at risk of um, self harm or something like that. Hmm. Right. 
do teachers tell parents like what clubs their kids join anyway? Like I'm, I'm just thinking back to a million mm-hmm. years ago when I was in school. Like I joined your book, which is a shocker. <laughs> did, did, JD, did, with your mind. <laughs> did did the school phone my parents? Or like I imagine? Can I just as I'm a pause? Sorry, did, so, you, did you do the entire yearbook? Because I could see you was also doing that. Like, did you do? I had the a entire, committee. Okay, but, but you were then charge. I was. Yeah, it's yeah. called being an editor. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it's all. It's all. It's all. But did the school yeah. phone my parents? Like, yeah. we have to inform you. Your child has joined the yearbook. No, I don't. I don't think so. We're afraid your child will have no friends growing up. Like I think, (laughs) if I joined a club at school, I would like go home and be like, I. And when I say if, I mean like I didn't join clubs at school really. Um, You know, I would go home and maybe tell my parents, or like maybe a couple weeks later they'd be like, What? What are you doing after school? Like, why do you have this flute? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you have these white gloves? Yeah. I was in handbell choir. Oh, <laughs> oh that's so oh. amazing. Yeah. Like, it's so fun. Honestly, yeah. I would do it again. I'd do it again right now. Does anyone know of any adult handbell choirs? Hit us up on the Gay Wire Twitter if you do. Thank you. <laughs> that would be amazing. Maybe that's what we can do to de-stress is we can all have a giant handbell choir with yeah. the white gloves and the... Oh, yeah. That would be That'll calming. be the yeah. post-election show. Yeah. We will be a handbell choir. And an experimental <laughs> handbell choir. <laughs> no, but I... Yeah, I fully... Like, I fully... That's... Uh, I mean, that's a good point is that um, there are a lot of clubs that everyone joins that unless they need fundraising money the parents would very well never know mm-hmm. um, and there's also the sort of um, teachers are trained and do take an oath that if a child is in danger they do seek help but there's also like avenues through which teachers should already go to do that and, and there's ways of doing that that don't involve this is a thing that I've also thought about when all these debates are happening like why in the case if this is if the child is having a mental health issue or problem why would their their joining the GSA need to be part of that conversation right so this is it's just it's like a it's just you you could say to the parent like we're concerned about your child's um, state or they're going through like whatever they normally do mm-hmm. when a child is like in crisis or is having issues without needing to mention that they were in a GSA or a QSA right and that's up to the child and like to disclose that if they ever do and I think Part of the huge backlash, and we can say this as a news item, is that there were protests of hundreds of people in Edmonton, Calgary, Lethbridge, Medicine Hat. Have you folks heard of other places where there were protests? I think those no. are the four. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, because I think it like it just brings up this fear that queer and trans people have of how personal it is and how dangerous it can mm-hmm. be to be outed if it's not your choice, right? Like we just I think like collectively we all know how there's been many situations in our lives when we've been outed and it wasn't our choice or we've been threatened to be outed and it wasn't our choice um, and just how incredibly dangerous that can be. Yeah, yeah. especially when you're in school because mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, you don't have the option of leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in some communities, there's no, there's literally no other school in your mm-hmm. area, right? Yeah. So that was that. There was a, yeah. there was another series of protests, I think, yesterday in Lethbridge, or the day before, where there was another couple dozen people. Uh, and then there was also, um, I saw a really cool thing on uh, on social media where um, a bunch of people did a drag out the vote where they dressed in drag and they went to to collectively vote in Calgary that was pretty oh, cool fun. yeah there were dogs and 
stuff because why not? Because dogs are the best. Yeah. <laughs> if more people were like dogs, the world would be a better place. Yeah, this is true. something I've said several times in the last few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. seriously. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. When I go to the dog parks and you're just like, oh, yeah. just roam. Oh, yeah. Stick. yeah. Don't instigate a dog person versus cat person fight <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. We can okay. move on from this. Yeah. I'm sure cats also support GSAs. <laughs> <laughs> they do seem like they would. They'd lead them. So is that we're hitting our I was going to keep us on a on a tough time schedule because we have two of these two huge topics today. So Well, I have a good I have a good way um, to move from this topic into the next. Yes. We're all about segues. Okay, yeah, here's we a love good segue. Them. So yeah. You know, so last year we got to see our premier dance in a, like, rad outfit in the Pride Parade. Mm -hmm. And this year, we nope. won't see that. Yeah. So it's it was announced last night uh, by the Pride Festival Society that there won't be a Pride Parade in 2019. And I knew before Alexa did. You did. <laughs> that's, that's a, you that's broke that news. I broke it to Alexa. <laughs> you were the breaking news. Yeah. And, then, yeah. yeah. and I was like, what, JD? That's impossible. Where'd you hear that? That's I not true. I got a text about it. And I'm like, I don't believe. I was so in shock. I was in shock. I didn't believe. Apologies to the person who texted me. I didn't believe her. <laughs> uh, I'm like, no, show me this in writing. Yeah, and then she sent me the t the tweet that was going around, and I was like, oh, "Wow, yeah." And then I texted you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was. <laughs> so it was announced. Way, by the way, yeah, thank you. Uh, thank thank you. you. I, I thought about that when we sat down. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, we do appreciate. We, we a good do segue. put effort into our segues, yeah. but they often miss. And then we talk about them a lot. We comment <laughs> We're so on them proud. more than we should. <laughs> So, do okay. you want to give us the whole? Well, I'll give you what I'm just finding the official statement. Should we should we back up? Because as we've talked about, and we've had people on the guests on the show before to talk about this. So last year at Pride, if you missed it, uh, there were some protesters present who stopped the parade briefly uh, with some demands for uh, the Pride organizers, and we actually read those out verbatim multiple times, but even three weeks ago when they were printed verbatim in the Gateway, mm -hmm. the U of A student newspaper. Um, so check those out. Um, so for the past year, the Pride Committee, the board, I guess they're called, yep, yep. the board Pride has... Festival Committee. Thank yes. you. Because there's two things there's happening. Two, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. Oh, we'll talk about that as well. It's confusing. Let's yeah. talk about conflating these two organizations. <laughs> yeah. So the Pride Festival Committee has been meeting with members of... Um, what are the names of the groups? Shades of Color. Shades of Color and? Well, the, the group that originally stopped it called themselves a coalition of queer and trans people of color, indigenous mm -hmm. and black folks. So they were just like, a, from what I understand, they were like a loose coalition that wasn't an established group. Okay. And that's who we talked to in the, in the summer. I thought there was two groups meeting with them, Shades of Color and another one. I think there is. I'll, I'll find the name if, yeah. We'll come up with that. Mm -hmm. But they've been meeting with the Pride Committee uh, to make Pride more inclusive, uh, especially for uh, marginalized communities, uh, trans people, people of color, people from the black community, indigenous communities. And I guess that fell apart. Yeah, so uh, then the latest. Two nights ago? Yeah, so uh, last Thursday, they had a meeting uh, in which the group of, uh, like, the community members 
we're going to present a list of demands to the Pride Festival Society and the reports that are coming out through various media outlets and online mm -hmm. is that security was called on those people. The police. And the police. Which is the height of irony. Yes. As a gay man, I appreciate irony, but that's, <laughs> that's painful irony. Yes. Yes, so this is, yeah, to underline it, this was a group of people saying that the police shouldn't be in queer and trans spaces, and then they had the police the called on them. Oh! Yes. That is such a misjudgment. Yes. So, uh, then it was announced, and there was, like, um, a lot of people on social media and uh, stuff sort of, like, calling out the Pride Festival on this, as well as the sort of impasse that they had hit about whether or not these demands would be taken up and taken seriously. And then last night, the Pride Festival Society announced that the parade was cancelled for this year. And it was a very short message, and I'm even looking now, and it like I can't find it on the Pride's official page. I saw it posted through other queer organizations in the city um, who were posting this information. Mm -hmm. And to clarify, so what's been cancelled is the parade and anything organized by Pride... What are they called again? Festival Society. Pride Festival Society. That doesn't mean that Pride... As in... Our ability to celebrate. Our ability yeah. to celebrate uh, during that time has been cancelled because if uh, the community organizations that had their events on at the same time as Capital Pride... We'll call it Capital Pride with a little copyright sign at the end of it. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> if you had an event during that week, those events can still go forward. Right. And Pride so for example, doesn't own your event. Yeah, so for example, Evolution mm -hmm. has said that their events will still go forward during the yep. traditional Pride Week. We also celebrate Pride during that time for a specific reason. Mm -hmm. And and Pride Pride Fest Edmonton Pride Festival TM <laughs> uh, doesn't own any of that. Mm -hmm. We're we're free to do what mm -hmm. what we want. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, that we've seen that like it's, it was sort of a joke but it was also very like my one of my immediate reactions was like oh well the, I hope the community just plans its own parade and then within two hours there's now like six parades planned yeah there's also just like my favorite one that I, my friend sent me was yeah. like someone just was like we're just gonna meet at End of Steel Park yeah. inviting everyone to meet at End of Steel Park and it was like bring your own freezies and I was like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that is literally how Pride... Well, not, yes. not literally yeah. end of still park with freezies, but, I mean, the first Pride parade wasn't... They didn't go get a march. I'm assuming there was no marching permit. It was no. a grassroots. Mm -hmm. There were no banks in it. It, it yeah. wasn't. Yes, it wasn't. Definitely wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't sponsored by bank TD. Presents, yeah. uh, Pride. Yeah. Uh, there were no corporate floats. It was people from the community saying that you know. Yeah, expressing, I mean, their frustration with the state and the police mm -hmm. and saying, you know, we're, what was it? We're here, we're queer, get used to it. That's, yeah, uh, yeah and we're returning to that, which is, which is one of the four demands of the protesters last year at Pride. The fourth demand was recognize that Pride is a pro or started as a protest. Mm -hmm. And... And we definitely got off that when people started saying, you know, pride isn't political, pride is a party. Mm -hmm. um, and we've, we've talked about this. I mean, 
you and I personally have talked about it for years that we were talking about it when I was on the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were six or seven years ago. Deviated <laughs> so much from its original purpose and its original ideals, and in doing so, became so uh, restrictive and exclusive, uh, and no longer welcoming to everybody that it should be. Mm-hmm. And it sort of became a question too of like, who is Pride for? Right, and so uh, I think you've seen I this know. this too, and this is not this is my personal opinion, um, but you've seen this too on, on the reaction to it. A lot of folks who maybe see themselves as allies but aren't part of the community are like just outraged that they lose their pride parade, and it's like if on the Saturday in June is the only time you see queer and trans life, and you are being and you are upset because you're losing that moment to engage with it or see it or be part of it, then that's a problem. And you that, get to, uh, the opportunity to be, to do that more. Yeah, because there's six of them. <laughs> 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 yeah. But also just yeah. like, if that's your only experience seeing yeah. that, yeah. then think about why that is. Mm-hmm. And maybe evaluate w- why it's only this one parade a year that you're having that experience. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Yeah. It, yeah, and again, this is my personal opinion, but it, 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 for me, what bothered me is that it became more of a performance mm-hmm. uh, intended to sell stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, we need to get the people out to watch because uh, we have all these uh, people coming with free handouts from whatever, mm-hmm. Gillette. Or whoever, <laughs> for example. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Razors. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I think it's like I think I think th- this is this is open to a whole bunch of discussion, and I think there's a whole bunch of things too about sort of like why why is it happening? I think uh, the Pride Festival Society put out a very vague explanation last night that it just w- said the social and political climate, which led a lot of people within the community to be confused, and it's not their fault that they yes. were confused because it was, it was a very mis- vague. Statement. It was misleading. It was. And it led a lot of people, because it said political and social climate, to think about the bigger political social climate mm-hmm. of the provincial election that we're in. And so there was also speculation of, like, is this happening? Because we've seen all these, quote, bozo eruption, eruptions and the UCP are, uh, you know, maybe the government. That's not what they were referring to, I don't think. Um Pride Festival Society has said that they're going to offer more information in the coming week, mm-hmm. which also doesn't seem like the most responsible tactic. Uh, but but they are also, everyone is stepping lightly. Everyone is trying to be their best selves. Everyone is trying to do the best thing. Although we may not think that that's what they're trying to mm. do, or but it's you really have to tiptoe around. Mm-hmm. And... And they're and they've been called out now. They've been they've had people show up to their meeting. The nature of this meeting, I, I have so many questions about. Yeah. Um, and, and oh, sorry, <laughs> I just hit the mic. Um, but I can understand, and I and I, I try uh, in my life to just try to understand what everyone in this situation is feeling rather than side, mm-hmm. um, because. Because I just want to do that in my life. And um, so I I think that um, I can understand why the reaction would be, well, you know what? We aren't doing it right. So let's not do it this year. 
and figure out how to do it right. Yeah. That's what I hope the Pride Festival yes. is doing. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 in the message that they sent out, they're like, oh, tiptoeing around, what's the best wording? What's the best wording? And then, you know, obviously for some people it wasn't the best wording and like that needs to be worked on. But like, it's really hard to do the work when nothing you do is right. Yeah. And, yeah. and so I think that maybe we need to sort of give them the benefit of the doubt and and I'm not and this this is not I don't work for the pride festival people <laughs> I just like mm-hmm. to give everyone the benefit of the doubt um but I I think that and and also I would be afraid um because of I I, I was there yet last year um I was walking with one of the grand marshals mm. when the parade was stopped and there was a lot of anger there was a lot of tension there was a lot of a lot of like um pretty like nasty insults being thrown both ways um i would as an organizer of something like that i would be afraid of the liability of what could possibly happen especially given the current social climate (laughs) and political (laughs) climate that we're in right now with the election so i could i could see why it was like you know what i want to avoid a riot because that's a huge liability yeah no 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 totally fair and i think like um uh, thinking about it too that I don't think like I think my reaction was like oh this opens up space for so much more to happen from the community mm, yeah um, which is which I think is exciting and amazing but also I, I agree like if the organization found themselves in a position where they couldn't make the changes and we're like two months away from mm-hmm. pride yeah um, then canceling it is an option like it is as you say like it's it's an option that is it's, not yeah completely irrational and weird if the commitment is to eventually then do the work for the next 14 months so that when they come back in 2012 if they come back that 2020 it, sorry 2020 <laughs> holy if they come back in time 2012 if they come back in 2020 back in time. that uh yeah that theme, the theme of that one will be back to the future yeah, yeah. 2012, 2012. <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah canceling it if if, they, if it was canceled for a, a good reason, then cancel it for a good reason. But they didn't offer a reason. If you're going to cancel the parade, you've got to send out, put out a proper text or mm. news briefing but, or put it on the website. Like, explain. Yeah. But maybe that's coming later. Yeah. In a, maybe. In a week. I mean, they said. Dear yeah, so we can <laughs> <laughs> So we can wait. Like, and we will. We'll make sure we can see what that explanation is if it comes uh. out and uh, how they move forward with it. I mean, I think um, it comes at a really interesting time because, like, there's pride parades across the country. Each I don't know a pride parade that isn't having a discussion like this mm-hmm. and should be noted that it was largely spurred on by Black Lives Matter Toronto protesting in 2016 at their, at their Toronto Pride Parade. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of in a really, I think, good, productive way, like ignited these conversations that people have been having and that we need to have in the community about police and racism and exclusion and all of those sorts of things. And what we like want our queer and trans spaces to be, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. what we actually want from the Pride Parade, like why is it important? Clearly it sparks emotional and like reactions in people clearly it's important to people still yeah and it's like what do we want to do with that thing that we sort of like collectively hold and i think it's really interesting too that this is the 50th anniversary of stonewall and yes and that we're not going to have an official parade i don't know i kind of but that's almost perfect yeah it is it's kind of beautiful that's how it started stonewall didn't get a 
they did the rioters didn't ask for permission to start rioting. Yeah. No, I think it like I think it'll be really it's going to be like a really exciting time and I think um there, there, so there's like so far from what I've heard there's the party at End of Steel Park there's a march on June 28th because that's the actual anniversary 50th anniversary of Stonewall that's going to happen I think at the legislature I'm not totally sure on that I've heard of others happening on White and other places right like but it's like maybe we'll even have a month of it like the Pride Parade was supposed to be on June 8th so there's stuff planned for that but also the 28th and all the other Pride events are still happening well we'll certainly we will be we will report every event that we, yeah, we can be. Right. We can be people on the ground just reporting at every yeah at all yeah. six. Oh, of them. that'd yeah. be really fun. Yeah, we'll be. Yeah, we'll make sure. We have we have two months to <laughs> to collect all the details. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I think it's like I think it's a really exciting time, and I wonder too if it if it will spark sort of similar um, reactions or moments in other cities. Well, Calgary's pride. Pride is in September. Mm-hmm. So they've been given warning, I guess, about <laughs> here's what happens if you can't get your acting mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's two metaphors. I, I also <laughs> wanted to mention that um, some cities across Canada, I know Victoria does this, they have an alt pride, mm-hmm. which is like is a grassroots organized event. And it's just like, it's we marched through around Victoria, and I say we because I attended one year. <laughs> yeah. They marched yeah. through, uh, just like around, and there's there's no police presence. They don't ask for per- I don't believe they ask for permission to do it. I think they just do it. Traffic stopped. Traffic stopped, but also this is the island, so it's, <laughs> they they run on a different yeah different system. I know I've scooted around there and realized that's okay. You can go like thirty. Yeah. And like, eh. Oh, it's a wonderful place. Yeah. I love Victoria. <laughs> this is just a PSA. Yeah. <laughs> Move to Victoria. Um. Anyway. Yeah. And then at the end, they've there's like some music and people have booths and and it's like very low-key and very chill and very inclusive and and they work really hard to make it that way and it's not part of the like big pride festival you know Mm -hmm. like it's it's specifically alternative to that and this gives us the opportunity to do that absolutely and there's like trans and dyke marches that happen and have happened in different places Mm -hmm. which are very much a march and they are political and they are you know mm-hmm. uh, they don't have like political parties or corporations or any of that sort of stuff in them yeah and we did have two years of the uh, oh, yeah. YEG Women in Trans Festival which some something happened to I was I was involved in the first year weren't you too yeah yeah and then I moved jobs <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was differently employed so I, I couldn't organize it anymore but, yeah um yeah, so there's there's those parts too, and I think like I think it's really in, like I think, and I don't I don't know if this is like me just projecting my personal experience onto an entire community of people, most of whom I don't know, mm-hmm. but it has felt Do like it. yeah, <laughs> it has felt like um, you know the queer and trans community in Alberta had 44 years of feeling um, very unrepresented in politics. They, they weren't represented before. 
before. All right, okay, a hundred, a hundred, and however many, how nineteen oh five, and then before then. Um, uh, so ever, any, ever. <laughs> uh, as long as like colonizers have been Social on this land, it wasn't great yes, either. You're right. <laughs> okay, so what I'm saying is, I don't know. I felt like I think it was like a culmination of a bunch of things, but for the past four years, that that the the queer community and trans community has certainly been doing a ton of work but it hasn't been to the vocal loud degree that we've seen in Alberta history in the past and it seems like in anticipation of this election that that like things are in motion that people are rising and I think that this year at Pride perhaps regardless of how the election goes that it's going to be pretty big and it's going to be pretty loud and I think you'll see like the community um coming back together in in new and different ways but hope so yeah yeah again that's me projecting because i burnt out four years ago but i'm back (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, this might be my burnout year but i hope not you just restarted on gay wire yeah well that's true yeah well it's my comeback year but also take care of yourself if you need to burn out you know yeah yeah (laughs) no burnout's the wrong word just like laying back I guess it's like more yeah descriptive no and I mean it can be like we sort of said at the beginning like so personally and emotionally taxing mm-hmm. to engage in this kind of politics to be mm-hmm. to remain informed and it's understandable if people if their way of like just sort of protecting themselves is to not engage that's their way of doing it and that's I mean that's their way of surviving um, but yeah yeah while you wait for Pride, mm-hmm. here are some things you can do in the meantime. Yes. Here I am bringing it up without it called up on my phone. Uh, I think you were excited about this movie. Okay. But it's called But I'm a Cheerleader. Yes. <laughs> yes, I remember you being excited about that. It's showing at uh, Metro Cinema, the Garneau Theatre, uh, one week from today. Are you, are you saying that... You have not seen this movie? I've seen it. Oh, okay. But I saw it when it like came out, so that was 10 years ago. So I guess maybe that's why, partly why it's being shown. 10th anniversary of But I'm a Cheerleader. Is that and all? And Grindr. Oh, yeah. wow. Grindr that is out. weird. That's like weird to think that they both came out at the same time. Pun intended. <laughs> because. Oh, uh, <laughs> nice one. Yes. Let's put it all together. It's a, yes. Yeah. Um, so for people who haven't seen it, here's a brief uh, synopsis. A naive teenager is sent to rehab camp when her straight-laced parents and friends suspect her of being a lesbian. So it is a humorous take on something tragic we have talked about before, mm-hmm. um, the conversion therapy. Right. Um, but it's definitely... Uh, yeah, lighthearted queer positive movie presented uh, with live drag performance by Homocidal before the screening. Mm-hmm. So come see the drag show. And that is once again at Metro Cinema, the Garneau Theatre, April 18th at 9 30 p.m. You can buy tickets online. All right. Anna just pointed out that I can't do math. Right. <laughs> but I'm a cheerleader came out in 1999. That makes oh, it, there you go. That makes it 20 years ago. It doesn't make that, sense. That, that makes a lot yeah, more yeah, sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that movie's old, though. So yeah. you don't have me here for my math skills. Yes. <laughs> but there's another event. <laughs> <laughs> These are not good segues now. Yeah. Uh, we got out of order. Yeah, we did. So the have you folks heard of Fun Home? 
Yeah. Did you read it? Of course. Did you love it all? Did you read Dice to Watch Out For? Yes. Oh my god. Actually, I like that. Oh, yeah. go ahead. It was, I, Dice to Watch Out For was a text for a course I took. Are you serious? Yeah. What course was that? Um, the name of it, it, it was like maybe like queer sexualities or something. Um, it was with Susanna Luman. Yeah. Many years ago. Oh, that Again, sounds amazing. However many years, I have no idea. Yeah, but just, it, everything it was is a number of years ago. Ugh. Yeah. It's amazing. So Allison. It's like it's a good good musical too. Yes. <laughs> I, was, I was aware of the Tony Award winning musical before I read the book, which I have read the book too. Mm. So um, Allison Bechdel uh, wrote a comic series called Dykes to Watch Out For uh, all through like the 90s and early 2000s which is like really political and like was like just this like queer world that she like created she won like a genius grant the, is it the MacArthur Genius Grant? Oh, I don't know I don't know but she also wrote Fun Home which was a graphic novel now turned into a musical and a play about her life growing up and her relationship with her father yes um, and the like definitely worth I would highly suggest it's like an amazing just sit down and read Fun Home highly suggest picking up going to the library getting a copy of it reading it yes it's the MacArthur grant thank you uh, and then going down to the production that is being put on at the Varscona Theater of Fun Home uh, starting next week, uh, starting Thursday, sorry, starting tonight. Thursday, April 11th, and going till April 20th. There's a bunch of different uh, times happening. Uh, we're going to be going down to see it and preview it so we can talk about it next week uh, in terms of everything that we see and, and how it is. Uh, but again, people are very excited about this because I think it's been so... Like, Dykes to Watch Out, which out for was amazing. Mm-hmm. That needs to be a musical. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, of the two graphic novel, well, gra- autobiographical mm-hmm. graphic novel, I don't know what you would call those. She has a... They have a name for them, but I don't know or remember what it is. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. One is about their relationship with their father and one is about their relationship with their mother. Mm-hmm. And I found Fun Home to be... M- a much more enjoyable read in that it had less theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the, the other one, uh, which people are probably screaming to their radio about, uh, her mother. I started it too, and it was much more dense and yeah. sort of like yeah, it psychoanalysis. Took me so much longer to read. Yes. Yeah. I finished it. Did you finish it, Alexa? I didn't. I'm gonna get my like dyke card taken away. <laughs> I'll go home and finish it right now. I'll finish it before the the show next week. That'll be my promise. That's it not a promise. Is, That's not gonna happen. It is a difficult read I yeah. yeah fun home much more accessible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll read that one maybe again before the show well we're gonna see the show yeah so again that's at the Varscona Theater uh, you can get tickets on their website it starts it opens tonight and goes till April 20th so Whoa, that was an exhausting show I know there's a lot of feelings <laughs> a lot of breaking news and that's pretty much what we've got We'll see you in a week after the election and... Like, uh, just take care of yourself out there. Yeah. Drink some water, stretch it out. Yeah, watch out for cars at intersections. I've just noticed that people are sort of speeding through yield signs, probably because they're checking. Everybody's just a little Everyone's a little little tense. tense. Just let your shoulders down. I'm doing it right now. Listen to the handbell music. (laughs)